0: Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to Cannabis Karaoke, where we ask you to grab the mic and tell your story. Get inside info from today's most interesting cannabis pioneers, and from the first note to the end of the song, listen up as you get to hear the stories of success on Cannabis Karaoke. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Karaoke. You know, I've been telling everybody we're going to keep doing these things daily. You know, we're sitting here in isolation It sucks, Uh, COVID 19 people, we gotta flatten the curve. So, you know, we're gonna keep doing these podcasts, keep bringing entertaining people to you. I unfortunately have uh, gathered a co host now. Uh, We've gone through the contract negotiations as of last podcast. I was refusing to say his last name. Uh, now I'm able to do that. We actually have an agreement in place. So we're all good. Welcome my co-host Mark Reitman. He keeps bringing Hello. these these heaters of uh, interviews to the table. And we got another one today for you people. We like to bring a spectrum, right? So we're going to interview today Rico Tarver. He is an NCAA football player, founder of the LA and Orange County Canagather. He was uh, selected as one of High Times' 100 Most Influential People in 2018 and he's the founder of suave which is his company and he also goes by suavecito welcome to the show my man and thank you mark for uh getting through those contracts i know it was tough
1: <laughs> i mean, it's winning to win it hello rico <laughs> hey, what, what's happening a, a couple of quick quick edits there it's, it's the suave life oh sorry um, my bad no no you're good uh the suave life and then um also uh there's something else uh, that you said, but I'm, I'm high and I forgot. So yeah, I think this is great. <laughs> Welcome <to> the podcast. <laughs> great, 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 great to be on. Thank you guys for having me, man. I definitely appreciate the love. And uh, Mark's always been A1 with me. So much love for, uh, for the for the shout out there, Mark. And um, anything I can do, let me know. With it. You bet. You bet. We like to support like all our folks in the industry who work well together and doing positive things. And I know that's you, so. Thanks for being with oh, us. About it. Uh, much, T- uh, much Tell luck, us a little so. bit
0: about um, you, you know coming into cannabis out of the NCAA. Yeah. What, what was your, you know, what was that transition like? Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stuff going on with the NCAA right now. It's specific to basketball at the moment because they just lowered their age, and now the NCAA right. is not going to have that grip on people and manufacturing right. a bunch of money off of uh, people's likenesses while they charge them an exorbitant rate to go to school. Uh, obviously right. I have an opinion on that, but what about, uh, what, what about you? What, what drove you to kind of, were you using cannabis while you're playing? Were you using CBD? Like what, what's the thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, it's crazy. You asked that, that. And that's exactly what my Ted talk was about. Uh, so oh, I did a sh- Ted talk. Damn, you're a Ted I talker. Welcome. yeah, Fellow yeah, Ted God. talker here. I did a TEDx. No, nice. Yeah. I uh, did. Um, mine was um, Man Behind the Mask Three Times the Cannabis Saved My Life. And uh, I just um, all about my opioid addiction that stemmed from uh, NCAA football. Um, how it really uh, opened up my horizons, broke down a lot of social barriers first, leading to economic barriers um, along the way. Um, there's a lot of shit that can happen in between, obviously, if don't have uh, 17 minutes for me to run through it right now. Uh- <laughs> uh, dude, you take your time, bro. We'll go two hours.
0: We ain't got nothing but time, bro. We ain't nothing but time. <laughs> hey,
1: man. hey, man. I got nothing but weed over here, too. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> me, too. <laughs> uh, right. So, uh, actually, um, I mean, my first time uh, being introduced to the plant, being from Virginia, um, was uh, I was 12 years old. Um, What we would now we would, you know, then call hanging with the bad kids um, and just smoking weed Um, uh, was a casual weed smoker. I switched over from cigarettes uh, originally when I was in uh, middle school (laughs) and um, weed was the way to go going forward. Um, I was kind of like a a secret smoker. And then when I went to play um, football at Northwestern University, Big Ten uh, ball, um, one of the first things that the older guys on the team taught us was as a, um, scholarship athlete, we never get randomly tested. Uh, we know exactly when the testing cycles were, so we can afford those because you are a investment. You're an the, asset.
0: Schools. You're, a, you're, you're, yeah, you're making, are an
1: asset. They're making money on exactly. you. Exactly. Exactly. And even when I was in school, um, well, it was what? 47,000 a year to go. Um. Uh, like room and board that, um, um per year now at 73,000 a year at Northwestern. So yeah, if you're making a, um, a $300,000, um, dollar investment on one individual, you're not going to fuck that up by randomly testing. Them. <laughs> so, um, good to see the yeah, system so
0: works, you know, good to see that d- <laughs> these random testings and, you know, this blind process that we're supposed to have. Awesome. It right. I, doesn't surprise me. Keep going.
1: Right. Right. And, um, so, yeah, we knew what the schedule, um, testing the schedule was, and it was so cold that we wouldn't be able to get together all the time, uh, me and my, my teammates. So that's when I had my first white friend <laughs> friends. Congratulations. Uh, like, uh, yeah, right? <laughs> I had my first Asian friends, my first gay friends, because you, wherever you smell the weed, that's where I was hovering towards um, uh, in, the, in the wintertime, and, and that's what really, really um, opened up my social horizons, because coming from Virginia, Um, You just stick to your own kind. Um, The the crazy thing about Donald Trump right now, that's like the the way Donald Trump acts um, outwardly, publicly, is how black folks in the South just assume all white people act behind closed doors. (laughs) Can I just for a minute say, it's, it's, it's,
0: (laughs) dude, I fall into the tall, I'm a ginger, right? Like Mark. So it's like a tall white dude. Tattoos, it's its mm-hmm. never – I mean, it is – it's a horrible representation of us as people. And right. I, I'm just uh, – the guy is – he's got to have dementia and Alzheimer's. It's the only thing I can think that saves him right. because – I've never seen anybody rip somebody when like the recent reporter at question that asked him how you, you know, how do people feel if they're scared? What do you want to tell them? You're a horrible person. It's like, dude, right. he softballed, right. he softballed fuck, you a, a a free time to like sit up there and posture on your podium with your orange goggle face. Like, let's go. Yeah, I can't right. believe it, man. It's, it's, it's so, sorry about that. Like, that's just horrible. No. It's not how everybody feels. That guy's a kook. No. Hopefully he's gone. No, you me. don't, you,
1: like, you don't have to say sorry to me, but it, it's, it's just I feel bad for like the people where I'm from because they still think that if it wasn't for me smoking weed in college, I would right. still be thinking that, you know, like if I didn't smoke weed with, with, with white kids in college and actually made real white friends through smoking weed, um, I would still be thinking the same thing. So it, it's like weed really, really, kind of broke down that barrier for me and actually opened me up to um, uh, just like new uh, ways of life, new walks of life, and I uh, just hearing out other people's stories because everybody has their own struggle that they've been through. Everybody has their own their backstory, And um, I feel like this plant really, really brings everybody together. But, yeah, like later down in my um, uh, college football um, uh, journey, I ended up, like senior year, I ended up with a sore throat. I go to the team doctor for um, to treat it, and she gives me unlimited refills of Vicodin. Um, I ended up, you know, selling it, uh, partying with it, like you name it. And, uh, four months later, I'm training for the NFL, Ruptured my Achilles tendon and Vicodin doesn't work. They give me Norco. Um, and, uh, I, I fall into depression. My homeboys are still playing and I'm not, um, Zoloft and, I uh, couldn't sleep now because I got all these drugs in me all the fucking time. And uh, so they give me Ambien. Uh, fall off the school's um insurance plan because we didn't have uh obamacare at the time and um i was broke as fuck dude uh on the streets of chicago um no life skills uh ended up outside wrigley field selling uh weed uh, selling fucking uh dub sex to uh to to tourists outside of wrigleyville uh, outside of Wrigley, wrigley field and um a 3.2 GPA, uh, two degrees from a top 10 university. And uh, here I am selling weed to support my opioid habit because I needed to raise 860 plus uh, to buy those drugs um, uh, not uh, uh, off of uh, off of insurance. So um, bright side <laughs> of that, I ended up being uh, scouted um, uh, to this mobile marketing firm. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, Verizon Wireless was our... Um, Client Verizon Wireless Music, and um, I ended up going on tour with a bunch of uh, pop stars um, Nas, Akon, Green Day, Pussycat Dolls, uh, Good Charlotte, um, to name a few. And I was an MC for Backstage Pass Contest, so I was like, kind of like a, a hype man <laughs> in the Northeast for all these guys. And uh, yeah, it was, it, it, was, it was crazy. I became a secret addict um, through that. Um, ended up uh, finding out how much my roommate in college was making in corporate finance. He let me out the job in corporate finance. As much as I loved uh, emceeing and all that other shit on stage, um, I was fucking broke. I was a fucking roadie. <laughs> so like, People don't understand. like, Yeah, you live this glorious life. You're with these celebrities all the time, but you don't but have But you're no also money.
0: fueling an addiction yeah. at the same time. So you, as yeah. whatever money you were yeah. making was pivoting yeah, was right long. back to, uh, to your really addiction. Gone.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we made um we make like a a thousand a week. Um, that was like our per diem, like a thousand dollars a week, and you know that show's was going straight, straight to fucking pills and shit. Yeah. <laughs> shit. But uh, yeah, we got into corporate finance. Was in that for like about seven years. Um, uh, got in at just the wrong time, um, and uh, the top of 07, October 07. Uh, rode that crash all the way down to the bottom. And I always joke about this. Uh, the uh, the best job security any black man can have in uh, the corporate workforce is uh, corporate finance. <laughs> like this very period cause because there's only one of us in every fucking office. But so right. you're not going to get fired. <laughs> they're, like,
0: they're like, hey, let's go ask the black guy real quick what he thinks.
1: Right, right. <laughs> they're checking their boxes. But, but seriously, I made it through four layoffs. Wow. And I, I, I clearly was not qualified to be in that shit in the beginning. I was towards the middle but in the beginning i clearly was not qualified for them so to keep on and yeah four layoffs there was 40 plus of us uh, on the internal desk when i started and there was literally four of us fucking four of us Wow. Um, wow. at the trough of the recession i was actually leaving i was going to it's fucking cold as shit in, Chica- in chicago um that day it was 27 uh, outside negative 44 wind chill and those those mean, those words mean nothing. Those numbers mean nothing to the Californians or <laughs> It might as colder, you you might as well be talking
0: aliens and UFOs, bro. Because we're like, what? Why does why does yeah. anybody even? Yeah. Isn't that inhabitable? Like, I don't even know how right. you do
1: it. <laughs> right, well, here's, here's kind of a visual. I had a uh, my condo that I was living in at the time um, was probably maybe like a four minute uh, bus ride uh, to my office. And we had a, a shuttle that went from my uh, condo, so I hop on the shuttle. I uh, get out there. I already have two layers underneath my suit of uh, long johns. I have like my gator, the thing that we wore underneath our helmet in college football on as well. I have two winter caps on I hop off the fucking condo, looking like the, the little brother on, um, on a Christmas story. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm, <laughs> I'm seeing it. a grown ass fucking man. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: Can't put waddling. your arms down. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. And uh, by the time I get to the revolving door, which is a block away from my shuttle, um, I look in the in, in the window. I see there's icicles out of my fucking nose. of oh my, my eye, Eyelashes. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here in Chicago? I went inside. <laughs> I went inside. I started like I was on Monster.com all fucking day that day. A couple of weeks later, I actually got uh, started in the process for Teach for America. I got uh, I got um, um, accepted. I uh, did all that shit, and I was quitting. And I go in there, quit. And, and my um, CEO asks me, um, he's like, what do we have to do to keep you here? And I was like, keep me warm. Um, I came in, this, I came into this shit because I was going to make a lot of money. Uh, this recession happened. I'm not making shit. Uh, like literally right now I can make less in dollar amount in Florida for Teach for America and still be making more in actual value living in this expensive ass city. <laughs> and uh, they... And he was like, okay. Um, and he created a fucking position for me just like that. Um, so wow. it was dope. Uh, I ended up being the number one salesman um, at the entire company. Um, I revived a um, a product that was essentially dead at the time. Um, and rebuilt that on the West Coast. It was Actually a nationwide and became just a, a closer. Uh, they sent me all over the, the nation to close bigger deals. Um, that's when I started coming out to California. And that's when I found medicinal cannabis and it actually were you still my life. at this
0: point were you still addicted to opiates
1: i was worse than ever oh my at that point. god dude yeah i just didn't fucking sleep like i didn't sleep all the time i'm all over the fucking nation um partying with these guys and that's another conversation we can get into about how fucked up the uh investment world is i was with billion dollar uh corner office guys and um you know, people don't understand like wholesaling and what wholesaling is in and and, and uh, finance. It's like pharmaceutical sales and finance, right? And what we did is, uh, we would um, uh, let's say you inherit a couple million dollars from a relative that dies, right? You know, what, what most people do is they pay off all their bills and then they take it to a financial advisor that's probably been in the family for decades or generations. Blah 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 blah. Whatever the reason is, they go to an advisor. What that advisor does is they have a pay, they have a client intake form and they have a meeting with you, try to get to know you, um, try to act like you're your friend, blah, 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 blah. like, cool. They enter all that information, and and they tell you they're going to see you in a couple of weeks. They enter that information into a fucking computer. It gives them the um, approved mutual funds, and it it gives you the recommended mutual funds. Usually the recommended funds, my company and other companies like mine would pay to get on that list, and then they call us wholesalers up. It's just a popularity contest, so it's a bunch of, like, ex-NFL players, ex-NCAA uh, players, um, uh, just, like, fun people to be around. Right. And uh, what we do is we, we take you to Nobu, Mr. Chow, take you to strip clubs, get you hookers, uh, get you blow, whatever the fuck you need. And uh, next thing you know, that $2 million that you inherited is in my mutual fund that's never beaten the market <laughs> the next week or the week after that. And um, and I get paid fucking, like, 15, 16 basis points off of that shit. Wow. The whole thing, the whole thing is a fucking... But uh, <laughs> it's another, it's a whole, a whole different rabbit hole we can go down. Uh, but <clears> throat> what throat> what, throat> it, what happened when I was in uh, LA is I was uh, I got into medical cannabis because a um, dispensary owner called me out on being an addict. because he noticed my twitch that wow. I had? And um, he actually offered. He asked me what um and. Me being, you know, like the Mr. Puff My Chest out sales guy at the time. I was like, dude, fuck you. <laughs> he was just like literally his words were like, You're an addict. And I was like, Fuck you, man. What do you mean? <laughs> right? Full, but full yeah. well
0: you knew you knew that, yeah. that you were an addict. That's the I hard knew, that's I, the I, hard part, right? It, you know, but right. you so much denial that right. yeah.
1: and and I, and I knew I needed help too. After the, and, next, uh, after the
0: next pill, though, right? Like, you get help it, yeah, it, at exactly. the end of this it, bottle. I'll get help at the end of this week. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I lost, I lost my dad to opiates, man. I watched the whole thing go down. It's fucking painful. Uh, it's, it sucks, it bro. It fucking sucks. I'm sitting here, like, going, I mean, holy fuck, this guy is still alive. Like, my, right. it, my dad didn't make it, bro. My dad died, you know? And so it, it's, uh, it's, it's not a joke, that, man. 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 Mm-hmm. This opiate thing is, uh, and cannabis does help. And I think that's where right. you're getting to is that, yeah. You know, cannabis pivoted yeah. your life. So sorry, go ahead. I just really had to did. add that.
1: No, no, no. You're you're one hundred percent. I was just uh, confirming that. I was just agreeing with you. Um, yeah, he basically this dude was like, here, instead of taking this when you have to go to sleep, how about you to take half of those pills and try this strain with it? Wow. And then he was like, Okay, for your pain and whatever, he's like, why don't you try this strain and take a half a pill or three quarters of a pill? And then next time you come in town, uh, we'll see um, how that's going for you. And I didn't know any of the science behind the shit at the time. I didn't believe in quote unquote medical cannabis. I just knew that every time I got into California, I had to hook up at a quote unquote medical dispensary. If I can get some quote unquote medical grade marijuana <laughs> and bring that shit back and, uh, and, and just like flex with it back in Chicago because our shit was so trash. But um, this guy called me out on like being an addict he actually showed me um how to substitute some of it out and uh, about 6 7 months later i didn't need those pills anymore like, like straight up so Hallelujah. i've been an That's advocate great. yeah i appreciate it man like, and i've been an advocate ever since cuz i didn't know how it worked at all and um i've just been an advocate ever since of uh of, of just plant medicine overall and i'm uh, just like like trying cannabis as an alternative to opioids, because I know 80% of my teammates, colleagues, friends from uh, college or professional football, they're all addicts as well. And um, it's about, you know, just like accepting plant medicine or at least uh, trying it as a alternative because we were beta testing for big pharma before uh, data was even digital like straight up. We have a sprained ankle or something in, in college football and they would give us like sample packs, like these 10 packs of Melexicam. um as to name one of them. Uh, Biox, another one, all these drugs that are no longer even on the market because they gave people, young people, strokes, uh, heart disease, uh, whatever. They just like toss these shits to us and tell us to, tell, uh, to test them out and see how they work. So um, Yeah, I man, it's so fucked up in NCAA, but yeah, luckily I found that, um, and I started to preach like a, a weed instead of pills, and um, it didn't really work in corporate finance. I just became mm. like the, uh, uh, I just became uh, um, the, the guy hippie. who, no, <laughs> not even the hippie when you're black, <laughs> you're just a <the> plug. So, <laughs> oh right, sure, yes, or, or you could be a blippy. Yes. I don't know. That was horrible jokes, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> like a horrible joke. Blippy. Um, yeah, I became the guy who wasn't afraid to get fired. <laughs> <Right. laughs> that always had access to weed. So uh, yeah, so a lot of people would come to me and would, I'd, I'd preach like about plant medicine and everything. It would fall upon deaf ears. Um, sure. And then um, yeah, ten years into my career, um, I had a tumor. So I had a um, tumor in my throat, and um, I thought I was just going to die, like my father did, like my grandmother did, like my uncle did. Um, cause it, go, it just runs on both sides of my family. And I was the first one to have a benign tumor and um, totally changed my life. Totally pivoted. I I quit corporate finance after 10 years in. Uh, I hated every second. When was this?
0: What year was this? Uh, 16.
1: Okay. Good. Late 2016. And, um, did you you use RSO? No, I didn't. I just had a, I just had a benign tumor. And they took Uh, it out.
0: You got it removed.
1: yeah, Yeah. Got it removed. Um, is the, the the most
0: was that when you decided like ter- cannabis is gonna be like my new path like this I'm gonna I'm going all in on it and is that was that the moment that you decided to do that it, it
1: wasn't it, it wasn't quite at that moment. it was uh, so <sighs> had the tumor waiting for the biopsy results and that's like forty the most excruciatingly painful like <sighs> terrifying forty eight hours of your life, I give that shit back. And I'm like, fuck. And over those 48 hours, I'm just thinking, you know, like, what am I going to do? Is my will set up? I'm going to take care of my wife going forward. I'm just like, I'm just going to die, you know? And, um, came back negative and, um, I cried. Right. You know, I, just, I just cried. I felt like, um, I had another chance, you know, I was living mm-hmm. a shitty life. Yeah, I wasn't on the pills anymore at that time, but I was still, you know, partying hard. I was uh, at a bad place with my wife. We were um, um, uh, separated a couple of times, um, and I decided to just take a leave of absence from work, right, just to think about shit. Uh, Two weeks off, I was actually driving up to my uh, best friend, Greg. He's the one who got me in corporate finance in the first place. He's on his second marriage. And I uh, driving up to his uh, his uh, wedding in Oregon, in Southern Oregon, because I didn't want to fly anywhere. I just wanted to, you know, just, like, drive up with the wife. And we drove up, um, like, a 13-hour drive. Like, we're on, like, hour 10. We just stopped in uh, this rest area. I have no idea where we were. I was like, we need to take a nap. So I take a nap, and I wake up. And I'm walking the dog, and it's just fucking beautiful, man. It's gorgeous, like, landscape, wherever the fuck we were in Southern Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like smoking a joint, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm done with this finance shit. <clears throat> I, I called up my, my regional director, and at the time, oh, I don't know if I should say this on on air, but um, uh, at the time I was the branch manager of one of the largest investment firms in in the world, um, at uh, Avenue of the Stars, uh, Century City branch, with over 43 billion assets under management. I'm the branch manager of that shit i just called my regional director and i, I quit <laughs> i respect wow, that man. you know i respect oh, all right i call him up and i'm like yo um he's like, yo, how you doing how have you been um how's, how's your how's your health you doing good um and i was like yeah I'm, I'm doing great um so i finally have some clarity in my life and uh I'm done, man. I'll
0: quit. Lates. <laughs> let me ask you a question. Were you, was that, yeah. was that a point where you're like, you quit because you were done with that? And I can totally relate, but were you at that moment saying, now I'm going to go into can When did the idea, when did the light bulb go off that you could apply your skill set to the it cannabis didn't. industry?
1: It didn't. Uh, uh, well, uh, my homeboy, <laughs> it didn't at all, but my homeboy, Joss, um, he's one of the founders of Honey Vape. Um, he had been trying to get me into the cannabis industry for a while. We actually met uh, when I was partying, when me and my wife were um, were separated. And, um, and and I ended up on the, in a party circuit uh, in L.A., um, and I found out that he was in the sale, um, same sales uh, channel that i was in it's uh, a group of friends that were just like high level sales performers and i was like oh yeah what do you doing he's like oh yeah uh, i'm in the oil bu- business I was like, oh man i'd love to learn more about energy he's like oh no not that kind of oil <laughs> right <laughs> Like, and i was like what do you mean not that kind of oil and um this is the time when um organa it was the organogram just came out with their opens open vape mm-hmm. i first came out and i just heard about those. I just bought like my first vape pen and I found out that he's working for a company that produced them. And I was like, dude, tell me more. Uh, so we became friends and he had been trying to get me out of corporate finance for like two years at this point. And I'm just like, dude, there's so much more opportunity here it'd be better suited for you. You're a fucking secret pothead all <laughs> other shit." and uh, just never, I tried to quit. I quit twice and both times i quit those jobs i got headhunted immediately and offered a huge uptick in 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 base pay for my last job and a huge signing bonus so i just kept on going right back and like this time i just hit him up and um i didn't have a game plan or anything i was like yo I, i quit like finance you still got any jobs in in, in cannabis. <laughs> and, and that was it. And like, like literally that was it. He introduced me. Um, I quit what I was doing at the time and, um, I had to get a bridge job. So I was actually, um, in the meantime, waiting for a weed job. Um, I was working for another friend of mine at the time, his, uh, uh credit processing company. And, um, did that for a little bit. My boy Josh connected me with a few people. I came down to three choices, and I ended up going with the one I um, I thought would be best. It's Baker Technologies. Um, so um, they were having trouble getting into the California market. Uh, negotiated a deal with them. Became their first boots on the ground outside of Denver, and um, took over the market. Um, at our peak, um, I was in thirty four percent of California cannabis uh, dispensaries um and i just created a brand for myself on the ground uh being authentic um mm-hmm. it's like is it a brand new uh not just venture for me it was just like a life um choice life um uh, initiative like all together it was i was in fucking corporate for- finance for 10 fucking years. this isn't like this isn't like the, this year last year you see a lot of a bunch of like fucking suits coming into the industry this is damn right four years four years ago and uh it, it's a total fucking life shift right and so I, I said to myself if i don't make it in the weed industry i'm going to make it in, i'm just going to be like a, a personal trainer or some shit like that and right. luckily it, it it worked out um I brought, uh, uh, yeah, I was 34% in California. We were 42% of the market share globally, um, ended up going public. Uh, I exited the company, um, ended up starting a couple of my own businesses. Um, the first one, uh, the suave life, um, all started out, um, uh, market, you used to come to my shit, of uh, uh, private parties for like people in the cannabis industry, uh, celebrities pro athletes investors looking to come into the cannabis industry but they don't want to go to a sesh i started doing like right. high-end um uh, parties that were just just happened to be sponsored by cannabis companies and <laughs> i uh, became like the glue that uh connected the trap house to the penthouse <laughs> uh, wait 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 wait, wait. what's that again a... I,
0: became the,
1: I, I became the glue uh, connecting the trap house to the penthouse and um, yeah. And, and and I did all of this, just going on the ground, going door to door, because for the first time in my entire sales uh, career, I was failing. The first two two months in the industry, like nobody was answering my calls, nobody was answering my emails, like nothing was going right. Right. And and I didn't know why. You know, but my boy Josh told me to try things their way, see if it works. If it doesn't, I'll take you on the streets. So. Um, uh, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. I was, was going to quit Baker. because I was like, fuck this. This doesn't work. I'm um, just not going to cut it. And uh, cannabis, like I was just taking my L. Um, and my sister, who is a, um, uh, she is a, um, or was a consultant to a bunch of trap farmers up north. Um, she told me, before you quit, just try out, uh, go to an event, uh, go to like a women grow meeting or something. Just go try to meet people. Um, I was like, the fuck is women grow. <laughs> and she, she told me, she said, well, you know, it's kind of a, um, a whatever, uh, um, uh, industry meetup. Um, but you're going to meet some people in the industry, um, both on the corporate side and on, on, um, uh, the side of the cultivation and stuff like that. Get a few contacts, see if you can grow that way. And I did. And, and that night that I went, like all the stars were in alignment. Um, I met like, a few of the most. Uh, prominent people in the industry um, that time and presently um, built my network. And the best thing that anybody taught me was uh, Virgil Grant. Um, Cause he was speaking that night and, um, and I met him and I told him how inspired I was by his story. And um, I was like, dude, how can you help a young brother like myself uh, try to make it uh, in the industry? I've been failing. My company just raised $3.2 million. It's an Absurd amount of money. At the time, uh, we just raised $3.2 million. It's the only company ever to raise money like that in the industry to that point. And um, I can't get anybody to answer my phone calls. And um, he's like, he laughed a little bit and he said, Yeah, we know who Baker Technology is, but nobody gives a fuck about any companies that are not in uh, California and actually on the ground. You got to meet people, brother. You got to shake hands. You got to know people's stories if they want to do business with you. And uh, I think that's the best piece of advice anybody ever gave me um, in the industry to, to start out with because I started going door to door. Like, I was like, what the fuck yep. do I have to lose? Like, I'm going door to door with this shit. I'm going to demo this shit uh, face to face. Nobody ever tried it. And I see higher ups at Baker were trying to talk me out of it. Oh, you're going to waste time. We're about efficiency, blah, 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 blah. I was like, look, I'll, I've made a pretty good money in corporate finance. I've got a decent amount put away. I'll sell one of my cars and, and and so we can maintain our lifestyle, whatever, but I need to go meet people. And um, that's the best thing that ever happened. Um, and I'm like, you gotta yeah, be on the ground, man. Right. It, it, and I guess what I tell my clients now, because the, the Suave Life, which was just originally parties and uh, events, is, is now um, spread to uh, be uh, more of a sales and marketing consulting, being on the ground. And that's one of the first things uh, that I teach any of the companies that I represent um, that are not from the uh, California industry or they're new to the market, when I bring them on as a client. The first thing I let them know is like, out of sight, off the shelf, like straight up, that's just the California industry. If you're not in the market, mm-hmm. you're not on the ground, people don't see you, you're not going to succeed, period. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't about me having a superior product, which I believe we did most of the time that I was at Baker. It was about those face-to-face conversations, the fact that people trusted me, they saw me out in the community, um, the advocate for the, uh, the plant. Um, I, I went to like damn near every, um, public hearing, um, celebration for all different kinds of companies. Um, I was immersed in the culture, um, both on the business side and on the lifestyle side. And, um, it, and that's really what it took to, like, like build my, it wasn't even about cred for me. It was about, with me and my own selfish uh, way of taking it in, I was just curious about everybody's backstory. So many different people from so yes. many different walks of life. Uh, doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, you're fucking criminal, you're fucking saint. Like there's all different kinds of people, uh, conservative, liberal, uh, that are in this game, and people just don't know that. And and that's why I love, love, love this plant because every. Game-changing moment of my life. Every like, like, huge, huge, huge pivotal moment of my life, it was all about weed. It was all about yeah. cannabis. You know, there's a there's still a lot of people in this industry. No matter how many suits come in and how much corporate mm-hmm. money is piling in, you have to be culturally connected to what's going on. Yep, or you're not going to last. And I think that's what's happening. That's what was happening in the cannabis industry before this whole coronavirus even occurred. Oh.
0: Dude, hundred percent. the the industry was wobbling from all the f- idiots that were jumping in and making the merry-go-round right. uneven. You know what I mean? And and we we were desperate. There was a lot of people that were doing desperate deals. And I think right before this whole piece happened, that that people people were starting to smell the shit. You know what I mean? Like it was mm-hmm. it was definitely bubbling up and. Mm-hmm. frankly to be honest with you this covid virus thing and the people that are going to go out of business are going to get a pass because the shit's mm-hmm. not going to really get exposed they're just going to be like oh we didn't make it but we we you're didn't gonna we, blame we, it yeah we're going to
1: blame it on that shit no nah, that shit was that shit was crumbling oh yeah like, yeah like, like, like my company dude my fucking stock my fucking uh, uh strike price is 525 we were supposed to go public at 5 dollars a share um, uh, we went public at three twenty. this shit's currently trading at like twelve cents., oh, and wow. if, people, if, if people are gonna look at it like, oh, yeah, yeah coronavirus, blah, blah, no, this the shit was fucking like hovering between seventeen and nineteen cents before this shit happened. You know, like, and- there's so much dumb sh- there's so many people that don't understand the culture side of this industry and, and they fucking crumble. Like they that, don't
0: respect it. i I think that's part. definitely number one is the culture component. like, I, I mm-hmm. it's like funny. Listen to you talk. We'll share offline because it's not about me right now. It's about yeah. you. But like from, no, from like selling weed at thirteen, stealing my dad's weed, rolling that shit up, selling it. To my wife having a brain tumor, to like me being separated with her, to me working at the NBA, Mm -hmm. to me having my moment, but I think overall culture is one of the things. I think the second thing is, Mm -hmm. bro, people sold like such exponential futures on shit that, like, right, like when I would I consult and I get people ask me help me build a pro forma, I need a three year pro forma for cannabis. I said, well, here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna give them six months, Mm -hmm. and then you're gonna tell them that every six months you're gonna adjust it, and if they don't believe you on that then you don't want them as an investor because there's no way in hell. I work directly with Tommy Chong. He asked me all the time, how much weed do you think we're going to sell at the end of the year? I'm like, I don't know, dude, let me get through next month. You know what I mean? It's just the the problem is, is people bought in at such a high valuation on some of these companies that they're never going to recognize. And that, that I believe was like one of the, you being in finance know that more than anybody. That was, that was the problem. That was the bubble that was about to burst. 100%, 100%. And,
1: uh, and I saw. I mean, when I go over uh, all of twenty uh, nineteen, when I finished my uh, my fiscal wrap up of the year last year, I'll be able to like pinpoint like in my business like where it started to. Um, I started to see a downtick um, um, in like overall revenue, and then the vape crisis happened, yeah. and then. Um, I think it was like early December, like I could start to see, like, this shit's done. I was like, this The gear started locking up. Done. Yeah. Like, it was, it was, it was fucking crazy. And that's why I started shifting a lot of my shit uh, more on the CBD slash health and wellness lane. Because well, that's, um, that's what this whole thing kind of started a, like started
0: started around. It was like, let's make it medicinal. And then somewhere, I, and this is like – I, I want to dedicate the last 10 minutes or so we have mm-hmm. to talking about your yeah, event, course. the event that you have yeah. coming up. But I want to real yeah. quick say it's like the when when everything was going legal, and I think even the California legislators who don't know what the fuck they're doing right now, but mm-hmm. they, they thought, oh, well, we'll let these people sell some weed. They had no idea there was about to be 700 different categories of the plant, not even including – the CBD component, the cbg I mean, it's just uh, these guys can't get their head around it. And I think it's very smart of you to pivot back to health and wellness. It's always where I've existed. Look, we all get high. We all Mm -hmm. medicate. But we ironically Mm -hmm. medicate. Like there's a reason why a certain weed strain makes your nose turn up because that's Mm -hmm. what works for you. That's the terpene base. We did that shit off of – off of blind feeling when we were younger, we didn't have right. a COA that told us where it was grown, what everything's in. I mean, nowadays you can dial that shit in. L- let's talk a little bit about, um, can gather and you just kind of put out something yeah. the other day where you're going to be hosting a virtual event, which is where people kind of have to go. And I think one of the outsets of this whole lockdown is that we're going to mm-hmm. find out that quality of life is super more important than like how much you're trying to do stuff. And a lot of stuff can be accomplished online. So talk a little bit yep. about, like, it's pretty obvious everyone's going to try to start doing virtual events. What was your mindset going into that? And then what kind of, uh, how does someone prepare for a virtual event versus a physical one?
1: Yeah. all right. So it got into me because of my personal business outside of Canada. Gather. Canada Gather is the um, uh, cannabis industry's largest monthly networking uh, event we have uh, 18 locations nationwide. I've been running for five years um, as well. Started in New York. Um, I built it, uh, my own franchise out here in uh, LA first, and then ended up opening Orange County. Um, and um, LA, is at, LA average is about just under 200 people monthly. Um, and uh, Orange County, I was building it up to almost 100 a month out there. As well. Um, and, and generally, my brand of Canada Gather is bringing people from all walks of life, creating uh, business opportunities and great conversations that are pretty candid. Uh, if you'd agree, Mark, I'm pretty candid I was. Up there. Um, I keep it real with everybody, let people, um, uh, whether it's a social equity applicant, um, a, a consumer, bud tender, um, owners, operators, C suite executives, you have uh, occasional celebrities come in there as well. Um, just the cannabis industry personified is uh, my brand of Canagather. gather. So I'd been doing that. And um, my wife is actually, she's due in two weeks, like praying that we'll have a, uh, a hospital bed, but um, uh, knowing that she, the baby was going to come soon, I was transitioning into this growth position with Canagather and transitioning all of my personal events into more educational online uh, webinar style. And was exploring a bunch of different platforms for that, anyways. So I was already in a great position to do some online shit. And um, us having all of these different channels uh, nationwide, we're taking a massive fucking hit not being able to do a face-to-face um, uh, events monthly. You're like, dude, I have no. And we have no idea how we're gonna go forward. And I was like, dude. Like, I've been building this shit out. I know how to get, like, like somewhat of a healthy following to go online. Uh, let's just uh, see if we can get a platform to broadcast this on our website. So we did that. Um, I built the platform out on the back end, uh, like, almost, like, 48 hours, no sleep this past weekend. Uh, uh, last weekend, building that out, started marketing it. And on Thursday, we had over 1,200 um, attendees on the platform uh, so uh, nationwide. Um, so <clears throat> Yeah, there was a uh, 500 we actually let in the live chat and uh, the rest of the people either watched it on our website, on our YouTube channel, um, or um, uh, live on Facebook as well. Um, so we were able to track all of that stuff um, and see which platforms were um, uh, more successful uh, and also track where people were coming from and watching us over the, uh, the U.S., um, and we're able to crunch those numbers and, and and provide value and continue going forward virtually, like we did before, because we're still going to be getting the uh, the exact right eyes in front of those um, uh, advertisements um, that we would in our face-to-face uh, events that we do monthly. Um, so we can still sell sponsorships there. We can still broadcast it live there, and we can actually sell uh, tickets for people who want to be uh, who want access to that live chat channel um we just sell them instead of like 25 bucks for our live um events face a uh, person to person uh, we just maybe sell them for like five bucks so we can have revenue um on in that channel we have revenue as far as like advertising on the page as well and we have proof of concept uh, that we can get uh, people out to these events so uh, there is an interest in it and between josh and myself i think we have like some of the uh, dopest rolodexes between the two of us um period so we can get people on a high quality show every every week right um so great yeah so i'd already been building it on the back end. i'm a data fucking nerd and um it's yeah i was gonna i was wondering in, but... like what
0: what platform do you use to have that volume of people i mean people are trying to do zoom meetings like i've interviewed a couple other event producers david mm-hmm. tran adelia Carillo. Mm-hmm. um they're all kind mm-hmm. of trying to figure out what Dave's a little hard to do his stuff. Cause his is a whole physicality component, but you know, there's yep, other people yeah, yeah. that are trying to do like online trade shows. How do you, mm-hmm. how do you technologically prepare for that? Like, how do you, how are you capable of managing? What does that look like for somebody to have a virtual event? Is it just like a two way, mm-hmm. is it like engaging? Like I got so many questions, so I'm a little bit rambling. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. How, how
1: does that work? Um, The way I was, actually setting it up was for educational purposes. So, um, I was using, um, uh, the first one that we tried out and it worked pretty damn well for Canada gathers format, um, was big marker. So BigMarker.com. Um, you can do like these webinar style live streaming events. It's not really immersive. It's, it wouldn't work in my health and wellness lane. I uh, with CBD Sundays, that, that business is more of, um, It's meditation, yoga, massage, upstairs, downstairs, CBD-infused, brunch bombs, mimosas, right? And um, I built that franchise out um, on the fact that you can have access to these brands uh, um, uh, personally. Um, Mark, have you come through uh, CBD Sundays, Joe? I think you have. I I haven't yet, no. no. Okay. So we have, um, yeah, excellent, excellent, excellent. But um, I can probably transition that platform and that website into something similar to what I'm doing with Canada Gather because I can have it more informational. I still so have access to some of the first and foremost um, um, uh, health practitioners in the, that are connected to the cannabis industry and that are not as well. So I can have um, a full spectrum, if you will, of individuals coming on there and producing content uh, that I can pop on there. Um, I can have a full conversation as premium. Uh, if people want to subscribe to that lane um and i can do like live sessions with my practitioners whether they are meditation specialists whether they are um, um doing yoga whether they are just doing um, overall expression uh, breathing techniques all that kind of stuff that i would do live at my events i can have people do one-on-ones and book them on that website and then on my right. personal web you know my personal uh website on the Suave life which is a culmination of pretty much everything um, i plan on doing um uh, live uh, video interviews as well with people um, and branded content on my on, on my website uh, as well. So I've already been building out this three-headed monster uh, already. And um, uh, we were well-equipped to do it through canagather And I think the best thing that I showed through canagather is the value that we can provide people because we have the audience necessary. Over five years of doing events in the cannabis industry, we've built a fucking crazy list of uh, not only uh, emails of um, of week of monthly subscribers to us nationwide, but also uh, just racked up a ton of people allies in the industry um, that know us as a um, as a fucking reliable source when it comes to getting out good information, reliable information, accurate information to the masses, and not just to one side of the industry. We're not about that. So that is awesome. So tell me, yeah. does that mean that? Because, at least for the time being, Canada Gather is yeah. going to be found online. Are you collapsing all the Canada Gathers into one now? Or are you no. still trying to do it regionally at different times? No. Um, so, it is, uh, we're starting off with a national Canada Gather. We're going to try a couple of episodes there. Uh, we're going to uh, test our monetization uh, strategy first. We want to make sure that it's profitable from one central point first. And then we're going to push it out to all of our market leaders uh, that want to replicate that. Currently, if they're helping us, uh, all of our market leaders that are out there um, that are helping us with the national effort, they get uh, commissions off of that, the same exact commissions we would get um, on on the regional markets. Um, And those guys and gals, um, we're going to be um, setting up their entire platforms for them so they can get going in their own individual markets. Like, no, nice. we don't have to, um, we just, we're just like literally just transitioning into a media company. Um, cause we have to out of necessity. Um, this is a mm-hmm. time you, you, you adapt or fucking die. Right. No again, hit up. Yeah, Again. <laughs> right. Yeah. Again. And again, you gotta be the Phoenix in this bitch. Um, yeah, I, I was wrapping with Adelia this week. Um, a couple of other, um, event, um, uh, organizers in the real life space and we're we're just like uh, passing back and forth ideas um notes that we're taking um it's a time that you're going to find a lot of strange bedfellows because um let let bygones be bygones. because we're all going to fucking die off if we don't fucking work together at this point beautiful uh, beautiful (laughs) people need to fucking they got to go with that man yeah
0: i think um First of all, really appreciate you taking the time, dude. You've been a wealth of information. You speak really well. It's been enjoyable to, to like listen to you kind of tell your stories. Man, my heart feels for you. I'm so proud that you're able to, to get out of that fucking tailspin of opiates. I saw it kill so many of my friends uh, in, in addition to taking my dad. And my dad was just taking it basically how the doctors were giving it to him and you know whatever but i want to give you the chance here as we wrap um to go ahead and shout out where the, all your social media handles where people mm-hmm. can hit you and then we're gonna make sure that you know we'll get through this thing and like you said bygones be bygones
1: exactly always man always like we just gotta understand we're all on the same fucking page right now and um it's called, it's called someone, the survival yeah. page
0: it's page yes, nineteen it in the book. It says "survive," and then it's a blank page. <laughs> yes, and you got to figure it the <laughs> fuck out. <laughs> so tell us where <laughs> tell us where people can find you on social and the website, and oh, then we'll yeah. uh, we'll get back to our day.
1: No, yeah, absolutely. Um, you can find me. I am the most prominently uh, found on my uh, Instagram page, Suavecito Federico, and it's uh, S-U-A-V-E-C-I-T-O underscore F R E D. E R I C O. And um, you can find me on my website as well. Everything's connected to my website. It should be by the end of this weekend, which is tonight. Uh, I should have everything connected through my website. Uh, so you can go to my website and find all the things that I'm doing. I'm going to be live blogging from there and uh, writing as well every single day. Shout out
0: that web address real quick. Yes. What is it?
1: V Suave Life.com. WWW. SuaveLife.com. And um, that's the other thing I forgot. That, that's what I meant in the beginning. Remember what I said I forgot because I uh, smoked some weed. Uh, <laughs> uh, my last name is no longer Tarver, it's Lamit. Um, you can find out about that on my TED Talk, and you can find out about, about why I changed my name. And this is before the whole coronavirus thing happened. Um, on my website, the I actually wrote a blog post about it. Tell me what you think. Uh, tell me if um, you have a similar experience um, my, my, my TED Talk was all about that as well You'll understand and, uh, We'll make sure we link out to love.
0: Website, TED Talk, IG, all that stuff um,
1: Much love Fuck dude, want amazing uh, and, and I want to interview you motherfuckers too have Oh, a fucking, let's uh, go Have a vir- virtual fucking sesh online And, uh, and we can fucking uh, try out some of these media platforms and then and, and trash them if they, if they fucking suck off just so you know bro <laughs> hey just so you know
0: mark's mark's guy that does his contracts super hard to deal with bro so it's like yeah. good, good luck good luck you know i'm easy good luck with that dude i can't tell you anything other than that hey man thank you for the time today much appreciate love. the fuck out of you. Thank you um let's stay on the phone after we're done but uh thanks man super super thank stoked. you rico yeah absolutely you, love,
1: much love man stay safe and uh Remember, when there's no place else to turn, you got to turn up, man. you got to turn up.
0: That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to this edition of Cannabis Karaoke, another kick-ass podcast about all things cannabis. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and our website, CannabisKaraoke.tv. And if you or someone you know would like to be on the show, please hit the Book Your Interview button on the right. Cannabis Karaoke. Grab the mic and tell your story.
1: Thanks for listening
0: to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% of our DNA is identical. It's a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like, their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important,
1: their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal.